0: Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. We're going to take a trip all around the internet today and touch base with four different makers that are going to be super fun. I'm Pat Sloan. So I'm really excited to talk to Heather Long. She has uh, found her through the Moda Bake Shop work that she's doing and found out she has a website called Coffee and Quilts. So, of course, I knew we would be best friends immediately. Uh, Heather, I'm so happy to have you here with me.
1: Thank you so much, Pat. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's fun when I go out there and I take a look at somebody's quilt on the Moda Bake Shop and then I'm like, oh, I need to I need to see what they're all about. You just do fantastic things. Um, but you told me that you actually haven't been quilting that long. How did you get started?
1: Well, nobody in my family quilts, so I'm mostly self-taught. And I've always been sort of artsy, like I knit and I crocheted. Mm. And when I was like 18, 19, I was working in an arts and crafts shop store that we didn't sell fabric but we had a couple quilting books and magazines and so I would look through them and I just sort of got the bug that I wanted to make a quilt and one day I was just talking to a customer as we were sorting through some yarn and I mentioned I wanted to make a quilt and she immediately gave me her name and phone number
0: and said well give me a call and I'll show you how Oh, that's so funny! Like somebody just a customer is like, "I'll teach you. This is great." Yeah, and it's a it's a very quilter kind of thing to do. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. just gave a stranger her name and phone number. That's right. That's right. Out of the, if, was this before the internet, too much, or was it still? Um, this was like the internet was around, but. It wasn't as big as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
2: right.
1: there were there were some blogs and some pictures, but there it it didn't have the whole community like there is mm-hmm. now. So, so we did
0: you make a quilt. I gave with her,
1: her a call and we met yeah. up at a local quilt shop, and she helped me buy my first book and fabric, and off I went. <laughs> what was the first quilt that you did?
0: It was an Eleanor Burns log cabin quilt in a day. And how many days did it take you to do the one-day log cabin quilt? <laughs> it, it, it took me a lot of days. Right?
1: Since I, Yeah, since I was self-taught, uh, my first quilt was really a, a lesson in how not to make a quilt. I, just, right. I did everything wrong, but I just plowed on ahead okay. and kept going with it.
0: Well, I find, too, maybe you noticed this because you worked with a lot of different crafters. If you know how to make one thing, you can kind of pick up other things. You know, you you can teach yourself, well, I can read that, and I know how things are made.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so reading the pattern and following the instructions was really easy. My biggest learning curve was getting used to a sewing machine. Because I had sewn a little bit in junior high, home ec class, but that was really it. And so all of a sudden when I was like, oh, okay, I actually have to follow a quarter-inch seam allowance. That's a little important here. Uh, That was tricky for me.
0: So after you did that one, were you sort of like, I need to make another one, or did did it take a little while?
1: No, immediately I was like, okay, yep, we're going to do this again. And so I did another Eleanor Burns Log Cabin Quilts in a Day, and that one turned out a lot better. I figured out my seam allowance and trimming and pressing, and I was like, oh, okay, this is what she means, you know. Um, Everything made a lot more sense once I had that Mm -hmm. first one under my belt.
0: Yeah, it really does. You have to get used to any new craft. You have to get used to terminology and what is... What is that? You know, what do they mean mm-hmm. when they say that? Um, yeah, oh. and there's a lot of, oh, this is why that's important moment. Mm-hmm. This right. is
1: why <laughs> pressing is so important. <laughs> what do, what are your quilts
0: like now?
1: Now they're still, they're still more on the traditional side. Um, I do like traditional blocks like Saw Two Stars, Nine Patches. Um, but they I like to add a little bit of a contemporary twist, you know, um, to just sort of put my own little spin on things. I like looking at something and, you know, making it my own.
0: When did you start designing your own quilts after you made uh, your first one or two there? Well, I probably started doodling my own
1: quilts before I even made my first quilt, because I was one of those, I was afraid to get started. So Mm -hmm. I just read everything I could. Um, and so I started, like, drawing and designing. But the first time I actually, you know, designed a quilt to show to others to actually put it together was probably part of an online forum I belonged to called Quilting Around the World. Okay. That, um, it was probably a couple years into my quilting career, and we do mm-hmm. online swaps, and so I had del- designed one that I wanted to do as a swap, and mm-hmm. so I shared my,
0: uh, my pattern, and we made the blocks and shared them. Oh, neat! That's neat. Then you got like a lot of feedback right away since you were doing with a community. Um, that's really helpful. Yes. Yeah. So nowadays, you've been doing some work uh, with the Moda Bake Shop, and that's where I saw your quilt. And I just love um, the story of your latest one. The, the sort of how you came up with it, and can you just sort of tell us about that? Because and tell us what the quilt looks like. So, my latest
1: Motivate Shop quilt is called Bursting Stars, which it's a very... It's a large sawtooth star with an inner sort of X center. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, just scrolling through Instagram, how us quilters do, and mm-hmm. saw a couple blocks. You know, I saw a sawtooth star in a quilt, and then I saw the, like, folded corner squares, and I thought, like, those would be a neat combination. Mm-hmm. And so... I had to get out the graph paper, drop everything, uh, start <laughs> sketching it out. And then I sort of, because I designed for the Moda Bake Shop, they all used pre-cuts. And mm-hmm. I sort of started figuring, well, if I did a layer cake, I would be able to get this many pieces out of each 10-inch square. and mm-hmm. I would end up with a big 18-inch block, which works great for me um, because then you only need 12 blocks and you have a
0: nice-sized black quilt it's it's so cool i really like it it's like a cross stitch uh x in the middle and and it's super size and your scrappiness you do such a great job with your color arranging um and because you're working with a a set design you know that's um and specifics like that you know it has to be a layer cake how do you go about planning where the color placement goes
1: um well moda is great that you can actually download all their fabrics like from their mm-hmm. collections, and upload them right into EQ if you have that mm-hmm. program. Otherwise, I just do the old-fashioned that I have my design wall, and I get all, open up the layer cake and put all the squares <laughs> up
0: and start rearranging until everything looks good. Yeah, And you know, that works, doesn't it, Heather, just to sort of visually lay out the colors. Like if you had a layer cake, would you put like a navy in one corner, just like pin it on your wall? Is that how you do it?
1: Yeah, actually what I did for this one, because there's an A block and a B block, and each A block needed four different layer cake squares, two Mm -hmm. for the star points, one for the center, and then one for the outer corners. I started with the pairs of star points, so I did, like, okay, I have these two that are navy, these two that are the medium blue, these two that are gold, and then I added, like, um, the outer corners and the inner one, To and I moved them around a little bit, shuffled things, and then I arranged my six pairs for the uh, the B block with the star points.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Neat. Yeah. So anybody can sort of play around that way because not everybody's uh, as good with the computers, and so it's it's not a it's they are fabulous though to download those graphics and be able to dump them into your layout. You can really mm-hmm. uh, you just you, know, you design in the computer then.
1: Yeah, and I have found that. Sometimes what looks good on the computer doesn't quite
0: translate to the fabric, so it is still an important step to Mm -hmm. actually play around with it. It is, it is, because you're looking little tiny and it's cropping it, you know, small, whereas if you have a bigger size square, you you know, you get the impact different. So you also told me, Heather, that you're a bit of a perfectionist with your piecing. Uh, Do you have some tips for people who love to do really perfect patchwork? Um, So slow is
1: is what I can say. Um, I do, I like when my star points really meet up. I like um, just when the seams match. And what I found actually is that pressing my seams open rather than trying to make them nest has made the world of a difference for me. It's not quite as fast as when you're pressing to one side, but pressing open and getting such a nice flat block, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think people have forgotten about how, the power of doing that, that it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really good option, particularly as you get tinier patchwork. You know, it's harder yeah. to – it gets too lumpy, doesn't it, to nest it? It does, and I, um, with the Bursting Stars
1: – having those star points meet it Mm -hmm. you get a real big lump right there so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: pressing open it, it just makes it all lay neater for me
0: so we have about a minute or so what is your favorite part of the quilting process i really like
1: the designing and when you first get started and you start seeing it all come together just seeing the puzzle sort of start to shape is the best part for me and especially when i'm working on my own design to -hmm. see that my math actually checks out and my color pieces do work that's really exciting for me
0: (laughs) yeah i know it's like when the i want i get anxious Do you get that feeling where you get anxious like i just want to get one more block so i can see how they come together is it yes same as yeah same as what's in my head that's exactly right so do you um One more quick question before we're done. Do you travel at all to teach or anything yet? I don't
1: yet. I I have a toddler at home. He just Mm -hmm. turned two. So I'd like to get back into teaching. And Mm -hmm. now that he's a little bit bigger, I think it's something that I'm
0: looking into doing in the next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's harder when you have littles at really littles at home. So yeah, he's my little quilt helper. He has your help. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Does he help pick fabric? Yeah, Yeah,
1: he helps me. He plays on my design wall a lot.
0: That's cute. Well, Heather, this has been absolutely fabulous to to catch up and, and meet you. It was wonderful meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Visit Heather at Coffee and Quilts, uh, her website, and she also has a newsletter. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit about travel and quilting.
4: Six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com/deal to subscribe and enter coupon code Podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription find the link in our show notes you don't want to miss out are you a good starter of projects but not the best finisher have you amassed a large collection of ufos or unfinished objects join our private facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects search for the american patrick and quilting ufo challenge on facebook to get started
0: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. And over the last few years, I've been following uh, Sujata Shah's uh, sort of um, posts about the things that she's doing. Uh, She writes at The Root Connection, and uh, she's been a guest prior, and she's done a lot of travel. And I thought it's just so fascinating what she has been to, what she has been doing. And so, lucky me, you're here to chat again. Thank you for joining me, Sujata.
5: Hi, Pat. How are you?
0: I am good. I am good. I think I even followed when you moved from like once. Didn't you move from one side of the country to the other uh, quite yes. a few years ago?
5: Yes, I did. Yes, we did. Three years ago.
0: Uh, three years ago. Gosh, it, it seems like it was longer. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, when
5: did she move? Um, uh, I, I We moved in 2015, December of 2015. So, yeah, it's been uh, exactly three years. Oh, my goodness. And where are you located now? What what state? Pat, um, I'm sorry. I'm having a little difficulty hearing you right now. Okay. So we'll
0: get my producer there to see if he can uh, fix that up a bit. Uh, Can you hear me any better now?
5: Um, Yes, just a little. Sorry about that. That's
0: okay. Roy will take a look at it. So tell me a little bit about... the the things you've been doing with the touring, because this is what I want to talk, you know, it has been so wonderful to see that you've been taking quilters to, um, to mostly to India, right?
5: Yes. Yes. So this idea started uh, actually exactly the same year when you and I met at Houston market. Um, Mm -hmm. I met Amy Butler at Houston and for whatever reason we had, um, you know, real connection, instant connection, and it uh, turns out that we both share the passion to uh, explore um, international crafts and meet people and share that with people, so she showed interest in going to India with me, and a year later, she and I both were in India together, and we traveled to two states, mm. and... We found so much inspiration that um, we decided that it is worth taking people, quilters, uh, designers, whoever are interested to take to India and explore India and get inspired. So we kind of call it an inspirational tour. Um, Mm -hmm. The name itself kind of presents itself well. It's called Handmade India. And we go visit the artisans. We go... Um, see the ancient forts, you know, several mm-hmm. different architectural uh, architectures, and um, it's been really fun.
0: You know, I just think that that is so fascinating. When you
5: did the first
0: trip with Amy, that was just the two of you going to explore, um, because she does a lot of travel overseas. Right, And So you you didn't have any guests on the first one?
5: No. The first time, it was just Amy and I, and Mm -hmm. uh, we were just exploring like uh, two tourists. You know, I've been living in this country for 30 years, and I have been to all these places, but every time um, as a family, when we go, uh, our primary goal is to visit my family and my husband's family. So this was the first time I actually went uh, with a friend from here as a tourist and so we did a lot of touring uh we went to several different states then um and um, the experience was just amazing
0: so when you were doing that you yourself like how did it feel to look at places that you had been to now looking at it more like an artist would or a tourist would um you know what was that like
5: You know, that's interesting that you asked that question because I had been to a couple of the places that uh, Amy and I went to. initially with my family um, but i wasn't a quilter then so this time when i went every color every embroidered piece every antique piece or even architecture that i would see i would see patterns you know once Mm -hmm. you become a quilter you are always a quilter (laughs) you see patterns and colors um, everywhere so every little bit and you know as i said earlier india has so much to offer because it has this um, really ancient history so mm-hmm. old uh, architecture still remains and people like me architects um, any designers you know um, they all go to India for I believe personally mm-hmm. anybody who, who is into designing or creating they should at least once go to India in their lifetime yeah uh, okay so I'm putting it on my list so that
0: I... <laughs> Come with us. <laughs> yes, I haven't been yet to that country. Um, tell me a little bit about what you will do when you take a tour of artists with you, artists, quilters, you know, whoever ends up in your, your tour group. Because one of the things you told me is you actually get to meet with artisans. Do you get to, work, to try a, a craft or an, or an art form with others?
5: Yes. So um, I have been fortunate. We have actually lined up. Artisans, you know, the local artists who are nationally acclaimed, they have won national awards. And uh, these are, um, you know, dyers, block printers, and uh, embroiderers. Um, Also, we do, uh, you know, when we go to the different architectures, that's where uh, we find, um, you know, I believe in handmade art, and all these architecture uh, also provides inspiration in the sense that, you know, they are hand-carved. Paintings are all done on the wall. There are frescoes and murals, and so it's amazing. But as far as the workshops go, I want to go back. We take people to uh, places where these arts um, are created for hundreds of years so they run in their family so the artists Mm -hmm. we meet they have they have learned this from very young age Mm -hmm. and so they they do block printing um laria dyeing which is indigo dyeing basically and Mm -hmm. also um the third one is escaping my mind right now (laughs) um that's okay don't worry about (laughs) it yet
0: so so you know when they're when they're doing this with an artist, um, how, how big a group are you taking?
5: We are taking about 12 to 14 people uh, per group. And last Mm -hmm. time we stayed, we stayed for three weeks, and we have three different groups coming Ah, with us. And so it's a reasonable size group. Our guests really enjoyed um, that size, and so Mm -hmm. did we. Uh, It was easier to go. We hire a bus, um, Mm air-conditioned bus, and then we travel. We have our own uh, vehicle, and the driver stays with us, and so it's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really a nice size because mm-hmm. particularly when you're
0: doing those workshops, you can communicate so much easier with the artist and then with each, each other when it's a little bit smaller group.
5: Right. And the most interesting thing, um, the the third uh, workshop that I was uh, forgetting was pottery, you know, blue wow. pottery, which uh, City of Jaipur is famous for. So the interesting thing is that they tell us everything. I mean, you know, you – the details that they they tell you about their art is amazing, and uh, talk about indigo dyeing, our artist actually was showing us all the f- very fine uh, fabrics that he would dye um, the mm. uh, tie dye basically for kings for the palaces mm. uh, oh, wow. processions, and all that and over here, you would see all those items only in the museums. But when we go mm-hmm. there personally, we actually get to feel them and we get to mm. see them and hear about, you know, the backstories of all these mm-hmm. items, which is really incredible. That is the coolest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, you can touch something the
0: king will touch eventually. So that's really neat. Um, I I was wondering also, you know, when you brought your guests there, was there something that sort of stands out like to either you personally or something your guests told you that was uh maybe you weren't expecting uh how they how they
5: thought about the the trip Oh my gosh I have there's this one incident, a couple of incidents, but the one that just stands out is uh, regarding our uh, indigo dyeing workshop. We, um, when Amy and I went, I had checked out every place that we were going to do workshops, but this one um, indigo dyeing place, I had not personally checked. So that morning we left and we, you know, it was an hour drive. I thought we were going to go to a, you know, a a large building and, you know, we're gonna go to a typical workshop place face. But in India, uh, in villages especially, there are no such things. And so our bus turned onto a really unpaved dirt road and I'm thinking, oh, where are we going? And then we ended up in this really privately owned small uh, building, but we had the absolute best time. You know, they these artisans, they pour out their heart when they are teaching you. You know, they don't hold anything back. There are no secrets. They are more than willing to give you every bit of knowledge that you can acquire. And I came out, I think my guest did too, we all came out um, that much richer, you know, surprised Mm -hmm. at the place that I had, um, you know, not expected to be learning all this, and I did. I actually was in tears when we got in the bus. So um, the experiences are amazing. I cannot really describe them. I know we can learn everything in the books and read about it. But culture is one thing you can only experience by going to the, that place. And I, I firmly believe in that.
0: That's, I, you know what, I think so. Because you can't get the, the involvement of a person-to-person experience without, right. you know, traveling to it. Right, being there. right. Oh, neat, neat. So when, where do people find out about your next one? Because you have some coming up in the future.
5: Yes, so Amy and I are working on right now for our 2020 tour. We are going to be starting our tour in late January and anybody who is interested can go to Amy Butler design website and if they click under workshops, um, they can actually um, sign up for a newsletter from uh, Amy's website and they will be informed when we uh, start announcing our tour.
0: Okay, super super now, besides this fabulous thing that you're doing with the travel uh, Sujata, you also are an immensely talented quilt maker uh, oh. and teacher and you're an author um, and I did I see a new baby in your family?
5: yes, I'm a new grandma oh. <laughs> our first grandchild was born five months ago
0: that's so exciting and it's did I see? It's a boy. Was it a boy?
5: He, yes, our grand. Yes, it, it's a boy. His name is Kai. Uh-huh. And,
0: and did you make I, him a quilt? Of course. I. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, of course, you made him a quilt.
5: Oh, yes, of course I did. <laughs> his quilt is very special. I, um, You know, when they broke the news uh, to us last Thanksgiving, I was very excited, and I wanted to make a very special quilt. So what I did, I, um, I asked um, my daughter-in-law's father uh, some of his shirt. I added my husband's shirts to that collection, and then uh, at the end I added my son's. Shirt oh. into that, and I cut all those fabrics, and I made a quilt for Kai that oh. he will be always snuggled in with Grandpa and Papa
0: love. Oh that is amazing. I love that is the best story ever. Just uh, thank you. Yes, and you have you have that on your website
5: um at the root connection. I uh, do. So, yes, yes. Yes. I just posted see, that that quilt uh just very recently, so yes, it is on the blog.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and telling me all about your fabulous travels and uh everybody visit Sujata's site and see see her quilts. They're incredible.
5: Thanks for having me, Pat.
0: Thank you. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back.
3: I'm Jody Sanders, group editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com/millionpillowcases.
4: Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com/quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun. Welcome
0: back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast I'm Pat Sloan and I am sure that you have either a piece of fabric or a pattern or a book by my next, next guest Kim Schaefer of Little Quilt Company she is prolific she creates darling designs on anything that she touches and I am really excited to talk to you Kim thank you for being here
6: thanks for having me you know, where do you live um, I grew up in southeastern Wisconsin, and I still live here with my husband, Gary. Uh, we have six grown children, and as I was his second choice, I have four grown stepchildren <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> A big family.
6: You know, A very big, big family.
0: Yeah, big combined family. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, your designs are, I just, they make me smile anytime I see anything that you've done. And do you have, like, an art background
6: I do. I've always been interested in art. Um, my, I think I was an easy child. My mom could give me a box of crayons and a pad of paper and I'd be content for hours. Um, in grade school, I won coloring contests. In high school, I won ribbons at the Wisconsin State Fair and scholarships to art camps. Um, in my senior year of high school, I was chosen to be in a fifth year art program. Which there was only a few of us, but we were able to independently explore areas that interested us. Mm-hmm. At the time, I did a lot of batik, and I was oh, really? a big weaver.
0: Oh really? Wow! So you, so you, then did you go to? Then you went on to college.
6: I did, and I studied far, fine art in college as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I love that. That was again concentrating more on the textile end of things. Mm-hmm. I spent one uh, semester studying in Mexico where we got to work on um, jacquard looms in a textile factory. Mm. And one of the weeks, it was really a great experience for me. I was actually the youngest one of the group. It was graduate students, and they needed one extra person to fill the trip. And (laughs) my high school art teacher actually was on the trip and suggested that I go. I I was able to spend one week living with a Taraskan Indian family which mm-hmm. was quite the experience. Uh, we, we were taught to, learn, um, to weave on a backstrap loom tied to a tree. Um, oh, wow. I think that experience has always had a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. I love the work of the area, the color, the patterns, mm-hmm. the whimsical nature of their art.
5: Mhm.
6: So, And a, a lot of color. That art has oh, a lot of color. It is. That area, they had a um, every Easter at the time in the town that we were in, um, it was Uduapan, they had a big fair, and mm-hmm. artisans from all over different areas would come and show their work, and it was just, it was just a great experience for me.
0: So, at what at what point did you discover quilts?
6: Um, I actually took my first quilting class in my early 20s when I was pregnant mm-hmm. with my first child, um, and I've been quilting ever since then.
0: Yeah, that's wow. So it just stuck with you then right away. Yeah,
6: I kind of. Once I started quilting, I sold that loom and never looked back. (laughs) Oh, uh, how did you
0: move from making them, you know, as a, you know, for yourself to approaching it as a business, you know, because you've been doing this for a while.
6: Yes, an an embarrassing long time, actually. (laughs) Um, When I think of the years, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Um, I actually started as a cottage industry. I wanted mm-hmm. to stay home with the kids and raise mm-hmm. them myself, but I still wanted to contribute to our family. And in the beginning, when the kids were young, they loved it that I stayed home. But as teenagers, I got a lot of, uh, <laughs> hey, mom, can't you get a real job? Right. Um, they, I think I was too much around for them. They would have liked yeah. some free time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just do something else. So you, were you, you told me you were doing finished goods at one point.
6: Yeah, I, that's how I kind of started. I took my little portfolio around and I went to local stores and mm-hmm. showed them the designs I had. They were all small wall quilts. Um, okay. And I would take orders and then I'd come home and fill them. And at that time, I did it all, my, all myself. And mm-hmm. then I started doing craft shows. At one point, I did like up to 14 of those a year. And mm-hmm. then I started doing hand, national handmade trade shows. And at that time, I sold the shops all over the country. I had several employees um, working for me. I had two or three people that did applique, a cutter, a hand Mm -hmm. sewer. And the only thing at that time, even though we were selling so many quilts, uh, I never had a quilter. Um, Mm -hmm. I could never find one that I was happy with at the time, which is kind of ironic because the biggest thing I've quilted in the last 20 years is a placemat.
0: Uh, (laughs) Uh, So did you ever have any crazy orders?
6: We did actually, we once got an order from QVC, which I don't know if everyone's familiar with that, but it's a, uh, I think it's still around even. It's actually mm-hmm. a, a TV shopping network. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we got an order for two quilts, 300 of one and 400 of another. It took mm-hmm. myself and my employees over a month to finish <sighs> them, and we got penalized if we were late. Mm-hmm. And they sold out in under two minutes.
0: Oh, my goodness, two
6: minutes for all that work. Oh, minutes. my goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you think to yourself, "I'm not doing that again"?
6: Did oh, you- absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, making one of a quilt is fun. Making yeah. four hundred of the same quilt—that <laughs> is work.
0: Yeah. So, ev- so eventually, you went into like the the side that you're in now with the um, patterns and books and fabric. What came first? Did you did you design fabric first, since you had such a love and 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 interest in fabric? You know, I tried to design.
6: Um, well, I started with the patterns. I, it was at one of our trade shows that one of our buyers had a combination gift quilt shop, and mm. she suggested that I start um, consider making um, patterns for my designs and marketing, marketing them specifically to quilt shops. And I mm. thought that was, sounded like a great idea. So in 1996, <laughs> I started Little Quilt Company, and I went to my first quilt market in Minneapolis with eight patterns um, kind of makes me laugh i have probably <laughs> close to 100 or over 100 now Mhm.
0: gosh so you when you started doing the patterns what style did you did you go with was it did it lean traditional or was it whimsical
6: you know i think i've always been pretty whimsical um in the beginning my work was quite a bit more country than it is now i've kind of mm-hmm. evolved which mm-hmm. um for me as a designer and uh artist it's been the companies that I do work for I'm grateful that they've let that let that allowed me to do that to grow and change mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. didn't try to keep me in one little avenue
0: right cuz you can definitely see that the change if you followed if anybody's followed your work for a while and I think that that's a change that's happened across a lot of quilting you know mine mine actually changed just like that it was much more primitive uh and now it's it's not, you know, I, I don't use the same color palette. Um, you know, it's probably like for you, your, your designs now, your fabric lines are really um, playful.
6: Yes, they are. Very whimsical. I have a lot of fun with it. And, and like I said, mine too. I agree with you, Mike. My, my colors have changed quite a bit. I'm um, into brighter, clearer mm-hmm. colors right now.
0: And so who are you designing fabric with?
6: I design I actually started designing for um in nineteen ninety nine for Erlanger and then I switched to Andover in two thousand five.
0: Oh okay. So that was Yeah. You know, you've been with them a
6: long time then. Yes, I have. I'm actually yeah. I'm not their um oldest one, but I've been there the longest. <laughs> oh You <laughs> got
0: you should get an award or something
6: for that. You know, yeah, like. right? <laughs> Uh, so when
0: you design uh, fabric, are you designing the fabric first and then making patterns for it, or do you do it the opposite, pattern first and then design fabric to go into it?
6: I design the fabric first and then think of what I'm going to do with it later. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what I do too. I can't do it the other way. Some people do it the other way, and I'm like, I, my brain doesn't work like that.
6: <laughs> no, mine doesn't either. And it's, You know, I know the industry, having been in it for so long, it's changing a lot. And like mm-hmm. Andover does a free download pattern. And I'm a person that I'm a hands-on. I like the fabric in my hands when I'm designing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now we have to do a lot of this um, digitally because right. they put it out so early. And that is very, very hard for me. It's one of the hardest things. It's like, okay, you have 25 skews or 26 skews in a line and you're putting in all these numbers and um, little spots and you lose track right. of it where you're at (laughs) No, i'm much better with the fabric in hand
0: yeah i enjoy it better if i can actually put the fabric on the wall and figure it out and then write the pattern but life has changed a lot for for all of us and we we make it work we all make it work i Um, try yes (laughs) what is your latest fabric that's in the stores right now
6: um my latest line would be mesh and it's basically uh uh tone on tone collection mm-hmm. of 32 different colors and it looks like its name it's kind of like a woven meshy fabric mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's kind of
0: like a basic
6: yes it's considered one of my basics i've actually done um quite a few basics in the last year i had brush line which was another um textured solid that's very painterly looking and then mm-hmm. i did one called pickup sticks which it looks just like that old yeah. game pickup tips, if you right. plopped it on the floor like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then the latest one is mesh. Yeah.
0: And you've also, your, your fabric styles, I just, I, I'm just just fascinated because you are able to put sort of all of your training and you can do all different styles. Now, that's why I asked you, where did you have an art background? Because you're doing things that are very painterly, like you just described, that you're doing things that are graphic and fun, like, you know, cute flowers and darling birds and then you have like things that look hand-dyed
6: i you do i do i do a lot of different things and that's like i said before i'm so grateful that my family that Andover is a great company to work for i absolutely love working for them and they let me they let me try whatever they always listen they don't always say yes but they always right. listen at least so
0: <laughs> and then you've also done books uh they're with c and t right yes they are yeah. So when you do, and you've done quite a few books. When you do those, are they focused on like a theme?
6: Um, they're all different. Usually, I've done. Um, actually, I've just finished my seventeenth book. That's how long I've been doing this. <gasps> um, my latest one is I'm really excited about. It. it came out in October, and it's called Whimsical Wool Applique, and it's 50 different blocks, and they're six-inch blocks, and. It's kind of a totally new direction for me. Prior to this, I had never worked with wool or done any hand stitching whatsoever. (laughs) I took a couple little lessons from a lady and um, nobody will be intimidated by my stitching, but (laughs) I I loved it. I I just absolutely loved it. It's relaxing, it's portable. I'm Mm -hmm. a person that has kind of a hard time with sitting doing nothing. I get Mm -hmm. antsy. And Mm -hmm. so like when we go to shows and stuff like that, or just watching tv whatever it's, it's nice to have something portable
0: it it's super it's super nice and wool is so forgiving
6: it really is and i have yeah. that's another basic that i have um with andover they gave me a absolutely gorgeous line of pre-felted 100 percent wool and it's being sold in pre-cuts of five and ten inch squares it's mm-hmm. just the most beautiful quality and it's, it's like a, a rainbow of 32 vibrant colors
0: Oh, that sounds nice. And those are nice size uh, pieces so that people can do all the little applique with them.
6: Right. They're they're pretty versatile. We did a lot of kind of research, thing, you know, how we were going to market it and stuff, and it seems to be mm-hmm. doing pretty well since the first printing sold out already.
0: Awesome. Well, Yeah,
6: I'm excited. Kim,
0: Kim, this has been a lot of fun. I'm really glad to
6: catch up with you. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'd like to wish you and all your listeners happy holidays.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Visit Kim at littlequiltcompany.com or just look on your bookshelf and find her there. So we'll be right back.
5: know our listeners love a good deal we have a special offer just for our podcast listeners get 50 percent off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop visit apqshop.com add a digital pattern to your cart and enter coupon code podcast at checkout
3: then get quilting visit our show notes for more details we've been doing the american patchwork and quilting podcast since 2011 that's a lot of shows search for guests listen to past episodes and read quotes from the show on our website you'll even find a special welcome video from our host pat sloan visit us at all slash podcast
0: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am so excited to talk to my friend, Becky Goldsmith, who is so talented. Becky's been on the show a few times, and she's always doing something very creative and different, and that's what I love about Becky. So I am I'm really excited you're here because, you know, Becky, you are so organized. Do people tell you that? <laughs> Sometimes, Yes. <laughs> I, I have to tell everybody that when I first messaged you, you know, emailed you and said, can you do this? You're like, yes, I'm sitting in an airport and let me just get you all the, like, you're like sending me all this stuff while you're sitting in the airport. And I'm like, that is organized, but you travel a lot. So you have to be. I do. I
2: travel a lot. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to Portland with my 16 year old granddaughter for fun.
0: For fun. Travel for fun. For That's the best. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> So that is, does she does she quilt? Will you be able to take her in to look at fabric anywhere?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, she's she's a student and she's really busy, but she's she thinks she might want to do some English paper piecing. So if she ever has spare time, she'll probably yeah. do that.
0: <laughs> so so Becky, over the you know I have followed your work since way zillion million years ago. Um, <laughs> It makes us sound too old. I know. Okay, so it's just a few <laughs> years ago. It's like, just, just a while, <laughs> right? A long, a while. long a while. while. Yeah, Right. And I love that you um, do a lot of different styles. You have, a, you have a look, but you also explore a lot of things. I think as a maker, like for me as a maker following your work, I find that very exciting. It's like, oh, you've just, you know, look at these new things. And so I wrote you because you have this brand new book called With a Bullseye quilt in Bullseye it. Bullseye quilts, yes. Yeah. It is fabulous. So tell me how tell me because this is a quilt that you saw years ago.
2: I did. I saw it first, an antique version, in the book Glorious American Quilts. And I bought this book when I was a new quilter. I and mean, we're talking back in the nineties and there was um there's there was a picture of this quilt. And at the time I had absolutely no idea how a person would make it. I still don't know how the original makers made it because to do this with templates and do it well would be really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but But about two years ago, it was like it came to me in a dream and all of a sudden I figured out how to make it and how to make it without... Without making it hard. I mean, this mm-hmm. is um, designed to be sewn on foundation papers, which makes you hyper accurate. Mm-hmm. If you can follow directions and sew on the solid line, this this thing is a piece of cake. It really is.
0: Well, describe what a bullseye quilt is. You know, I, I think okay. this Sort of like starting with like a mariner's compass in a way, but not really. Sort
2: of. Sort of. It's, um, imagine a circular pointy block that's maybe 12 inches across with um, 16 points. That's the center of the quilt. Now, at the very center of that, that would be a whole lot of um, points. So inside that 12-inch circle, there's a smaller circle that just, um, it's like it has eight wedges. So it comes Mm -hmm. together in the dead center without a huge number of seam allowances. Okay, so you've got that smaller, easier center, and then the 12-inch ring, and then you build out from that with rings in various, widths right so some of them might be three inches wide some might be four some might be six it varies across the quilt and the number of points per ring gets larger as you move out from the center (laughs) yeah so so the the cool part here okay so i wanted to reproduce the original and i figured out how to do it and it's not the way you think because you imagine doing this on foundation papers where you'd have this long curved Strip that you're sewing to, you can't do it that way because the there are very slight Y seams where where things come together. So, say if you imagine a ring that's got thirty two units in it that have, you know, four pieces of fabric. So you'd make that unit and the next unit and the next unit, and then you sew them together side by side. That makes a ring. You set the smaller thing inside the bigger ring, and then you okay. do it again. And again. setting in those circles is easier than you'd think.
0: And how big is you How many of your quilts are in the book? Because you did this in, in uh, several of them. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, the thing is, <laughs> you can stop at any ring and call it a block. So. Yeah. You can make 12 inch blocks, or I don't know, 30 inch blocks, 36 inch blocks. I, I forget the exact numbers, but up to the full size quilt is the 60 inch square. Mm. And so, what's also included in the block, because the rings around are, are the corner pieces, so that you can square out every right. possible permute, every possible size of block. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> once you start playing with this, it's real hard to stop.
0: Yeah, you obviously because you made like multiples for the book, and I'm like thinking, I oh made, my gosh, I made
2: she, I made three, I made three quilts. I made the great yeah. big one. I made one that's got nine, twenty inch blocks, I think, and yes. then I made a baby quilt that stops at thirty inches.
0: Yeah, and uh, so when you plan color for this what Mm -hmm. are some tips because you have one that is i would say uh, shades of like gray and and blue Um, Mm -hmm. and then you have ones with much more color how do you how did you plan the color rings where they well it was
2: it was interesting on the first big quilt i used the original quilt as sort of a template to for where to put lights, mediums, Uh, and dark. uh But I had bought, and the original quilt was in reds and browns, um, but I had bought a stack of vintage, well, no, they weren't even vintage. They're new French linen fabric at Houston, Mm I don't know, a couple of years ago. And I had been looking at that fabric for months, and when I finally got this drawn, I knew that was the fabric I wanted to use. And I didn't have enough of that, so I supplemented with what was in my stash. So mm-hmm. for that color combination, I'd fallen in love with the fabric first. Yeah. And then for the other two, I um, I ended up with – bu- I fell in love with Allison Glass's fabric. Um, mm-hmm. She It's from Andover. And I bought – a stack of one of her collections that was just coming out when I was working on these quilts. And the beautiful part about those fabrics is that they all work together.
6: Mm -hmm. And
2: and so with with this quilt, I've taught this before, and it's fun to watch what people do because you can make this in anything. What helps to make it work is that colors and values – are repeated around the ring, so it adds a uniformity there, right? Ah, So as long as there's a pattern, Mm -hmm. even if only you can see the pattern, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's it's pretty hard to mess up your color combinations.
0: Yeah, like the one has an, an orange ring is close in, and then an orange all the way at the outer, and then I can yeah. see the yellow and the yellow. But you know, unless you had mentioned that, I'm not sure I would have noticed it. But that is really neat to to focus that way.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of the only way I could do it. Um, <laughs> really, you know, there's so yeah. many moving pieces. You just I, and the other thing I did, especially with the blue one i I planned the value and color placement just with strips of fabric on the wall, but mm. as I worked out, I if, I if I needed to change something, I did. So mm. you you construct each ring at a time, and you do work from the center out. So if you need to make adjustments, it's really not hard to do as you as you go.
0: Ago. Did you find that it worked better to have more tonal fabrics, or did you have some with um, prints in there?
2: You know, I did more tonal fabrics, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's nice is even if you're working primarily with tonal fabrics, it's more, I think it's more interesting. If you throw in the occasional, say, big print, Mm-hmm. Or print with some contrasting pieces, with contrasting colors going on in it, just because it makes it—it's less programmed, right? Mm-hmm. It's more—it's yeah. more like you can see a human being touched it. Mm-hmm. There's um, perfection is all wonderful and great, but imperfection can be very interesting.
0: Yeah, and and you have fabrics in there too that have like um, maybe some lighter sp- uh, pattern on it, like you know, oh yeah, you say, so you can yeah. get those pops of other color all the way around.
2: Absolutely, it's like getting a little bit of light in mm-hmm. into the into the design, and and they're not perfectly placed. I, you know, it's fun too, I, and I've been doing some of this in some English paper piecing recently, where you mm-hmm. fussy cut. And part of the beauty of that is the precision with which you place the motifs in the fabric.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But you can also break with that and get a more well. It's you know, it's a little more off balance, a mm-hmm. little more wonky. Look,
0: kind of dances like across both. the surface. You get a little um, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So it's exactly
0: not, not
2: predictable. <laughs> That's it. That's it exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, Becky, we, we have, I don't know, just like a couple minutes, but you have done a lot of different designs, and is there one that stands out for you that is sort of like people, people say to you, well, I didn't think you designed something like that, but you, but, it's, but, it, what, but you have.
2: But it's me. Well, in the past couple of years, I've done a variety of really different kinds of things. So the bull dry quilt. The average individual, the average quilter would not assume that I did that because it's Mm -hmm. so very different from applique. Mm -hmm. And before this, I worked on a landscape quilt called Kauai Road that is, it doesn't look like me either, but but it is me. And I'm about to, uh, I mean, within the next month, I'm going to sit down and draw up my next applique quilt. And I don't Mm -hmm. quite know what it's going to be yet. But <laughs> but maybe it will look more like what people expect of me than the last few things I've been doing.
0: I, oh and I, I did it. I think a it's always fun quill. to yeah. do something a little bit different. I think it feeds our creativity as makers and Oh know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, because you're making it because you love it. You know, we don't you know, occasionally we make something we don't love, but you know, for the most part we love yeah, it. So We
2: do well yeah. and i and I forgot to say my my recent publication before this was the U- magical unicorn, yeah that didn't look like me either, not even yeah. close,
0: yeah, it is so fun though it is like it's like a different audience <laughs> that'll find you with that <laughs> absolutely, yeah, well, Becky, this has been wonderful, and I hope you have a fabulous non working trip tomorrow.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much, and I hope you have a wonderful. Next many days and weeks leading up into the holidays.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Becky. Everybody can visit peaceocakeblog.com, and you can get from there to all the things that Becky does. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, this is American Patrick and Quilting. I'm Pat Sloan. See you next time. Hi all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.